Welcome to the Gillet and Brooms podcast. Um, I'm Nat Gillett. This is episode number 36. And we're going to do something a bit different uh, this week in that I have a question here that I've been thinking about. And I am going to give uh, an answer to it in about probably last about six or seven minutes. And then Andrew is going to give an answer as well. We're recording these separately, so I'm recording mine. I've not listened to Andrew's answer, so I don't know that's an influence me at all. So you never know, we um, could disagree, uh, we could agree, we could say exactly the same things, who knows. I'm going to read you the question, and then I'm going to speak for about six minutes, and then you'll hear Andrew again for six minutes, giving his answer, and then at the end I'll just, um, I will have listened to Andrew's by that point, and uh, I'll tie things up. So um, here we go, the question is, um, it's about discipleship. And the question is, what are we aiming for in discipleship? And how do we do it? How, how's, what's the best way to disciple people? And just to give a bit of context, I think off the back of last week when we were talking about one-to-ones, obviously that involves discipleship in terms of helping people move forward in their walk with God or supporting them in some way and growing. So that's been sort of flowing around in my mind. And then I've read a couple of blog posts this week that just highlighted to me again the importance of discipleship and how in church sometimes we know we become consumers or very little change is actually happening in our lives or we're committed to various other things but we're not really committed to making disciples and I just see in the life of Jesus that that's what he did that's what he did a lot and that's what he calls us to do to be disciples and to go on making disciples who then go on to make disciples so the question what we're aiming for in discipleship and how best to do that. Now, first thing I want to say, and my answer to this, is I think discipleship is moving, really, from one world to another. One where Jesus is essentially ignored or simply put on a par with other historical or religious figures and we live as we decide is best. Moving from that to one where Jesus is treasured above all other things. Um, I'd probably push you towards the treasure in the field parable, I think it's in Matthew chapter 13 that Jesus tells, and really we're seeking to know him, become like him, and share him with the world. So we're moving from um, where Jesus ignored, and I just live as I think is best, moving from that to one where we treasure Jesus, and he influences everything in all our decisions and everything we do in life. So that is discipleship, and I would say that what that looks like is first of all turning away from sin, and I would call that repentance. Actually, it's something about being a Christian um, is turning away from sin. You know, I think if I, sometimes I say to people, if I went up to a Buddhist monk or I went to an Olympic athlete and I said to them, I want to be like you, teach me. The one thing, I don't know what they'd say, but the one thing they wouldn't say is, oh, just stay as you are. Just stay exactly as you are. You're fine. Like there is this heart of becoming a Christian, of following Jesus, of being a disciple. That means turning away from things that are not good. And the Bible calls those sin. Secondly, I really want to see people growing in taking initiative. So you say to me, what does discipleship look like? I'd say it's not about being a consumer. It's not about all being given permission. It's not about being asked to do things. It is off your own back, starting things, starting conversations, starting events, starting initiatives, pursuing things, getting things going, organising them, just taking initiative. Whenever I see that in people's lives, I think, brilliant you are you are growing you are making headway in your walk with god you're taking initiative thirdly and perhaps the most controversial thing i would say is one might be the one you sort of wriggle out the most really but submitting to others submit a sort of submissive spirit a submissive where you submit to others 
authority and scripture. Now, I know in church history that has been completely, you know, used in a really bad way to abuse people, control people, um, to stop people asking questions, all sorts of things to get money. You know, it's, it has, has been used dreadfully. But, you know, there is something good about it. There is something actually that says, I'm moving forward in Jesus. And the way I know that is because I don't always have to have the last word. I don't have to get one over on everybody when I'm having a conversation. If somebody asks me to do something I don't want to do, I'll do it. And I will submit to authority. I'll submit to the scriptures. You know, there's going to be stuff in the Bible that I don't like. That doesn't mean I can't ask the question. That doesn't mean I can't get angry about it. It doesn't mean I can't wrestle with it. But so I think it does mean that there's an element where my heart has been changed. And I say, do you know what? I'll submit to that. I will go with that graciously and wrestle with it and go with it and whether it's to leaders or whether it's to other people um or whether it's to scripture i mean you see this i see this in my marriage uh, all the time you know actually a relationship is about submitting to each other and um and having to do things sometimes that we don't want to do and not kicking up a fuss and not always thinking you've got it right i mean that just leads to arrogance whereas submitting in a healthy way leads to more the character of jesus i think and then fourthly i'd say it's about moving in the power of the Spirit. This is what we want to see, is actually people moving in the power of the Spirit, not moving in their own power, not moving in their own willpower, or just being clever or intelligent or charismatic or good-looking or young or whatever it is. But actually, there's, there's something God is on us. Actually, we pray for people, and God comes upon them. We pray about situations, and they change. We, we draw near, and we feel the intimacy of, of the Spirit of God's presence in, in our prayer lives, and as we read the Bible, and, and as we worship, and as we live, and a sense of intimacy with God, that sense of intimacy with the Spirit, and then being able to bring that into situations. So then four things I'd, I'd like to see happening in terms of my first... So what, what are we aiming for in discipleship? The first part of the question, they're my four things. And I know I've missed out stuff like prayer and bible study and holiness and evangelism and social justice and building community and things but perhaps all of those could could somehow come under one of the those four things i already highlighted so that's that's my answer to part one and just quickly now because i know the time's going is how how best to do that and i would just say here's a five it's five five points i would say is a process that you repeat again and again firstly you get together you don't do it on your own you, you get to get with other people you meet with other people you build friendships with other people whether that's on a one-to-one basis or part of a, a community on a sunday or a home group or just anything more organic than that get together secondly receive input you know it's great being together but it does need to be some input either from you or from somewhere else from the scripture from someone's from a talk that's given or listening to some teaching or watching a video or just someone asking a question and thinking about it there does need to be some input into it not just getting together and socializing with some biblical um, jesus-centered input and then discuss it you know don't just don't just receive i think so often in churches people listen to talks but it can really do with discussing it because often there's stuff they don't understand there's stuff they don't agree with and you need to work that out which kind of leaves on to the fourth one which is be honest you know, ask questions about things you don't understand and things you don't agree with. Don't just go along with things. Be honest. I don't. I know if I was discipling someone, I'd encourage them to be honest. I might say to them, sometimes I said to people, is there anything you're not telling me? Or is there anything you'd like to ask? It's asking questions, yes. It's, it's admitting how we feel, yes. But it's also being willing to be asked tough questions. And then fourthly, you need to begin living that out, don't you? So it's that kind of repeat process of get together, receive input, discuss it, be honest, ask questions, etc., and then live it out. And I think you'd say to me, where do I see this in the Bible? Well, I see it in 
you know, when Jesus, in all that Jesus does really in discipling those guys, he gets them together, he inputs into them, he lets them ask it and chew over it and ask questions. He, they're really honest, um, too honest sometimes perhaps, and then he gives them opportunities. Like when he sends out the 72 or he sends out the 12, you know, and they go and do it and they learn. So that's my take on it. Uh, you're now going to hear from Andrew and what his perspective is on it as well. Okay, hello Nathaniel, hello listeners. A couple of great questions that we're wrestling with on this episode. What are we aiming for in discipleship and how do we do it? What we're aiming for in discipleship, I think, is the image of Christ in ourselves and in others. So we're looking for the character and the ways of Christ to be formed in each other, in ourselves as we follow Christ and in others as we seek to influence others and make disciples for God's glory. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean mean moving to the Middle East, trying to recreate a childhood in Nazareth, uh, becoming carpenters and so on. That really means that we have the character, the heart of Christ in us and we walk in his ways. Uh, We do what he does. We see what the Father's doing and we move forward with that. There's loads of different biblical language that we could pull on as we think about these questions. I quite like the language of progress and joy in the faith. Uh, what Paul said he was aiming for in the um, for the church in Philippi, that he would help them make progress, that they would take the next steps, that they would, because of their interaction with him, be more Christ-like, that they would move forward with their lives, that they would move forward with their faith, and that they would have joy, that it, they would have a good time doing it, that discipleship isn't some boring and dry thing but it's actually on into increasing joy into increasing joyfulness and finding that in Jesus and in our faith so it's it's forming the image of Christ in ourselves as we follow him and in others as we influence others so yeah so that would be filling the earth with the glory of God because his people are walking in his ways and they bear his image if you like we're chips off the old block he's the firstborn among many brothers we share his likeness we share his character increasingly and more and more we walk in his ways so that all sounds absolutely wonderful how do we actually do it I want to suggest that there are many, many ways, if you look through the New Testament even, and then definitely on through church history, there's many, many different models, there's many, many different processes. Ultimately, Jesus is the captain, ultimately he's the leader, and he is the one who is leading his church into increasing Christ-likeness, and we trust him to do that. And we see him do that in a myriad of different ways. Um, Really, the aim is all the time, I think, that we would love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, and that we would love our neighbour as ourselves. You know, that sums up the law and the prophets. That's what Jesus walked out perfectly. And so that's what we're looking to do. And that's what we're looking to help others do as they make progress and have joy in their faith. And one way that I've been thinking of it quite a bit is, is starting from the inside out. So taking that love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Obviously, the ultimate is that we want people's hearts to be fully set on the Lord. That is discipleship really that we would have hearts of flesh that we would have hearts that are filled with the spirit that on our hearts would be written the law of the lord and that because our hearts are in the right place because our hearts uh, shares the character of jesus therefore that's going to mean that our souls are stirred our minds are going to be thinking about him and all of our strength is going to be given to following him now 
in terms of helping others, I've often seen it work best going from the other way around. So initially we have contact with somebody or we're building a relationship with somebody at church and one really easy first step to take with somebody as we begin to disciple them is to help them to have more strength, to help them to have more physical strength. So for example, the guy who first discipled me when I was 15, 16 years old, we went and we played squash together and he would do that with a number of guys. That was his big thing. He would beat people on the squash court all the time they're getting physically fitter, build the relationship with them that way and then move on. In the last 18 months or so um, I've started running with some guys even more recently I started playing squash with some guys and we're building strength and it's incredibly quick way to build friendship Jesus said come and follow me let's do something with your body come and walk with me come and eat with me come and watch what I do and really that's the first step of discipleship it's come and spend time with me and let's actually do something with our bodies and you can think about that um, in terms of building strength and then it goes from strength and takes another step inward into mind and as we're discipling people we want to expose people to the truths and to the ideas of the coming kingdom of who Jesus is of what he came to bring and so often this stage might look like hey come and listen to this speaker with me or you send them a talk or you share a book with them again the guy that discipled me after the squash session sometimes we'd look at a bit of scripture other times he'd lend me a book and he'd say hey Andy read this and again that's that's how we do it now maybe it's over a small group maybe it's on a Sunday morning but it's exposing people to new ideas and it's moving them from come and see to if you've got ears listen to this and wrestle with these ideas and then hopefully as they're exposed to the truths of the kingdom we can then take the next step and say hey engage your soul in this and that might be um, doing activities like prayer or worship together which is obviously quite a difficult thing to go straight in off the bat with somebody but as you move forward you can begin to pray with each other you can begin to say hey let's give our soul to this let's worship the lord here let's let's do something that engages us spiritually and we've gone from body and strength through mind and into soul and then ultimately we're calling people to lay their hearts down before the lord and we'll see more and more people just ones and twos probably over the you know the course of several years but we're we're calling people to say hey rend your heart rend your heart and so that's that's one way that i propose to you that we can make disciples in this time and in this place you go from strength to mind to soul to heart as we look to help people take the next step whether we whether we've got influence over them for a very short time or whether we've got influence over them for for a longer period it's helping people take the next step in their lives in terms of faith in jesus and to have joy to have a good time with it as well so that's my two cents worth looking forward to hearing what nathaniel's got to say and uh, let do let us know what you think about this format of the podcast lots of love from brims well, thanks, Rooms. That was good. Uh, listeners, wasn't it, to hear a bit uh, from me and from Andrew. I think Andrew said some really, really good things there. Yeah, I think there's a lot there, isn't there? I don't really want to comment too much on it now at all, really, just to let you guys think about it and be stirred by it. But the only thing I would say is I think I read on Twitter recently something like, a goal without a plan 
is doomed to fail, or something like that. And I just think that's the beginning of the year, and we're thinking about discipleship, we're thinking about becoming more like Jesus, and we're thinking about helping others become more like him. And I just really encourage you, you know, if you've, if you've got a goal, you need a plan. Um, and whether that, whatever that's for, whether it's for discipleship or other things in life, um, and I just really encourage you to think through what your plan is to actually achieve your goal. Because, yeah, it'd be great to achieve some things this year, wouldn't it? So, anyway, all the best. I hope that's been helpful for you, and we'll see you soon.